You're listening to the Janine Deanna podcast, episode number four. Today, we're talking about deposit-based businesses and what that looks like during COVID times. With this conversation, we're simply hoping to shed some light on why deposits are collected, what they're used for, and why they are a necessity for sustainability. Hey friend, welcome to the Janine Deanna podcast. I'm Janine, and I'm joined by my best friend and the love of my life, Dana Lattery. We're partners in both life and business, which as you can imagine, has produced some incredibly valuable conversations from both a female and a male perspective. Through wisdom, vulnerability, and humor, we want to share what we've learned from our trials and triumphs. We hope to encourage and challenge you to live more intentionally in both your business and your relationships. We also hope that you leave each episode feeling more joyful, energetic, and focused on your journey ahead. Thanks for joining us. Now let's jump on in. Welcome back to today's episode. I am joined here by the one and only Dana. <laughs> Dana Ray Dana Lattery. Ray Lattery. Did you know my middle well, name was Ray or did you think it was? I'm trying to welcome you. Of course, I know what your middle name is. Yeah, I'm just checking because that could be a podcast. We could say, Oh, I know why you're saying that. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, we're, I, no, I thought I'd now put I you have on the to spot. say it. So maybe. Maybe, you know, I was, I didn't know my ex-husband's middle name for the first five years of our marriage. I thought it, Craig and Greg, that's a, anyone could mix that up. Yeah. But if you've ever seen it on paper, you know, it's a C and a G. Dana Ray Lattery. That's right. Nice to be podcasting with you. It's always wonderful. I know. So today we're going to jump into a hot button topic. As two uh, entrepreneurs, hot button topic, a lot of, I guess, let's so say this. Is there a difference between a hot topic and a hot button topic? Um, TBD. Because we're going to I'll let you know. This is, a, some this is a hot topic button top. Nope. Just a hot topic. Especially because we're still here. It is. Day 76 weeks of quarantine. Yeah. It's interesting. Yep. We could also talk about that because uh, oh. as, as much as they say quarantine, <laughs> if you drive around the hood. People are not still quarantining. I, well, I no, don't no. Were we ever actually quarantined? Like we were quote unquote shelter in place, but yet convinced I think stay home, but don't stay home. I think we were self-quarantined, like I sure was, for at least four weeks of I, not going. I think going we could say we were two meter well, yeah, you were I was. four and a half weeks. But I think social distancing is what you're touching on because a lot of people are self-quarantining like, okay, we're staying home. But the social distancing has taken a turn, I think, in the last week as we've been doing a ton of walking and getting outside and getting fresh air. And that's been amazing. But we're seeing a lot of maybe closer than two meters slash six feet slash whatever I just want to know because if you go to Walmart it says six meters and if you go to Canadian stores it says two meters six feet you said six meters it says six feet and two meters 
So if you go to Walmart, it says six feet. And if you go to Canadian grocery stores, which you should support, unless you're American, <laughs> they don't have them down there. No, not a thing. It says two meters. And if you do the conversion, two meters is actually six foot six, I believe. Maybe Americans need to stay further apart. Nope, that's Canadians. The two meters is Canadians. It is? Which oh, equals so six <laughs> foot six. Should we redo this? <laughs> no. Should we just stop? No. So I wasn't understanding what you were saying. I was just saying, why is it two meters and six feet? I know. The I, difference across the road, it's six foot six here and six feet there. So is, is the six inches the problem? That's another podcast. We're not Back know. to the hot button topic. <laughs> hot topic. Hot button. Hot do topic. do lead me into it. Wait, there was. I had a lingering thought there. I wanted to say I feel like when we go into Walmart, like finally after my four weeks of quarantining, when I went into Walmart, it doesn't feel like social distancing is still a thing in the Walmart. However, across the road and in the no frills. It's military style. Yeah. A lot of stickers on the ground. There's a lot. Arrows. Yeah. I think it's important to talk about this as we podcast because um, things like stickers on the floor, arrows in the aisles. Have have any of you guys been actually reprimanded for going (laughs) the wrong way down an aisle? How is that a thing now? Because I've gotten absolute stink-eyed before. I know. Total stink eye. And what if I want the peanut butter and I have to do the loop around yeah. to get to the other end? And then you get there and somebody else disobeyed and, took, and you... What oh. if they took the last of the yeast? That was a thing. You're gonna have to, do you, is, it a, is it considered social norm if you back down? Can you walk backwards? I, I did, actually. Is that when you got the stink eye? Who even knows? What Anyways, are we doing with our lives? Let us know. <laughs> How is the sticker-laden <laughs> grocery stores treating you? And are you uh, obeying the arrows in the aisles? I don't. I'm going to be honest. I don't. I'm just like, you know what? There's the peanut butter. Nobody's here. I'm getting it. And if I bump, if I see you, I'm going to I'm gonna shimmy like you this. You really got a thing for the peanut butter. You keep bringing it up. Well, like I you were like, eat hey, it a lot. I need that peanut butter. Hot button topic. Let's bring it back around. Today we are talking about something that has come up a lot in our business and it's something that we wanted to shed light on in hopes that it is helpful, um, not just for other business owners who are deposit-based, but also for clientele who are who have paid a deposit for a service that they're expecting to engage with. Um, we've been getting a ton of this because we run what we would call deposit-based would we call it deposit-based business Well, that might be a, a term that we've made up. Yeah. Uh, but both of us in uh, weddings and fishing outfitting, uh, we take deposits. We take we, deposits. So. We should say, in case somebody's new here, though, that you run a... Uh, fly fishing outfitter right. business. And then together we also shoot... Um, uh, wedding, wedding photography, photography, photography business. business. Both businesses which are... Deposit based. I don't know if that's the term. We're uh, ma- let's just go with it. But it's are you a deposit based business? And if you are, we'd like to know your thoughts about what we have to say on this episode. 
And if this is something that can help you, because some people don't fully like to talk about it, and uh, maybe you can share it with your clients or clients can share it with uh, the people that they've thrown a deposit at. And hopefully we can just kind of talk about the untalkables. Well, untalkables, you just go with it, you know. Like, I believe this is a space for us to make up as many words as we want to. Um, why it's important, though, is because I want to make sure that this is educational for people who maybe just have no clue. You know, like you put a deposit down and then COVID happens and maybe there needs to be a cancellation or um, a transfer of your service. And you just like, oh. To, to you who put the deposit down, it's like, let's do, can we just move it? Yeah. Not understanding the full ramifications of what that looks like for the business owner. So my goal and my hope, I think we're on the same, <laughs> we're on the same page here is to shed some light and just educate what it kind of looks like for both sides in a way that it can just help. Yeah. So we can say, give clarity, the idea of what a deposit does, what it holds, uh, how it affects a business, and in non-quarantine times, kind of what the structure is with a deposit. And now that we're in a very fluid situation of COVID-19 in the year 2020, mm-hmm. we are uh, we are navigating navigating this yeah. um, with grace. So why don't you start um, with why clients pay a deposit in the first place? Yeah, so. Do you want me to speak from my perspective of the fishing industry or do you want to talk in general with both of our businesses? Because very similar. So I'll speak to both. Sounds great. answered both of them. <laughs> Sounds great. So in fishing, we have a short season. It's not 365 days a year. So let's call a day of fishing a resource. And um, if we were given 100 ish days in a year to guide, to make our money, then we would have a hundred resources. In my company, we have five guides. Uh, We don't uh, expand past that. So we have 500 resources. And once all those resources are used up, uh, we're finished. In the wedding industry, we have uh, most likely weddings take place on a Saturday. Some most commonly, some do take place during the week or on a Sunday, but mostly the most sought after days are on a Saturday. So that is 52 ish Saturdays. A yeah. resource again is a day. So, um, we have limited resources, and now in weddings, just like the fishing industry, I mean, we could guide all year, but it's just not ideal. And most likely in the weddings, most likely people book um, in the high season, which I'd probably say is like... It's at usually end of May, so June, July, June. August, September, sometimes, yeah, yeah, kind of end I'd of I'd say September. the high season there. So yeah. that's very similar to the guiding season. Mm-hmm. Um, very, very, that's weird. We have the same thing going. <laughs> Super busy. It's not brand we new We had all plans of being really busy. Yeah. So your deposit secures a resource, a limited resource is I think how we're going to Yeah, I love this. it. Yep. So for us, when somebody books a trip with us, we take one of the five guides out of uh, the booking. So you've secured that person for July 7th. 
and they are not taking any bookings. We continue to get inquiries, very similar to a wedding. If I don't know what's July 7th, whatever the Saturday closest to that is, if and we book one to two years in advance, that mm -hmm. day is booked and we've agreed with some awesome people to shoot their wedding, we're still getting inquiries about that date and we turn them away because we've been, that resource has been secured with a deposit, same, same in the fishing. So I guess this leads us into talking about a refundable deposit, which is very oxymoronic to me. And I often get asked that, is the deposit refundable? Um, and then I ask more like, what would be the point of a deposit? And maybe I just am not understanding that, but if the point of giving a deposit is to secure a resource, um, what <laughs> it, it is, it's confusing. I, I still haven't figured that out and I get asked that a lot. Yeah. So we have a non-refundable uh, deposit and that's right. clearly stated when people book. There is some outfitterish people in Calgary who will take a deposit and they will give you, um, I think it's a 30 day. So if you cancel outside of 30 days before your trip, you can get your deposit back. And so how and why do they do this? Because they don't secure a guide at that point. They have a guide pool so they'll they'll use anybody in this guide pool of 30 to 50 people. And so they're not securing an actual resource. They're just securing the day, uh, which then they'll they'll pick a guide a couple days before. So if somebody cancels outside the 30 days, it doesn't actually cost somebody essentially a day of work, right. one of the resources. So with us, like I'd said before, we have five guides. And with those five guides, when they're booked, they're booked, they're, they're taken out. They're not, they're chances. Because you assign a human to those humans yes. who booked. We yeah. say you book, you get Brandon, um, or most people choose who they want, but there's mm -hmm. five names. You're not just booking randomly. Mm -hmm. And then we intentionally place our guides with people. So uh, let's just say Brandon is, is booked on July 7th. And he's out of the booking. So if people come back in and they, and we've got all five people booked for that day, um, and then somebody cancels outside of the 30 days, that potentially could be Brandon's day. And we've probably turned trips away because like weddings, most people book quite a bit in, in advance. Mm -hmm. We do fill holes last minute uh, with weddings. We do get last minute bookings for weddings as well. Yep. But think of it as a finite resource that you're securing. So your deposit is huge uh, for securing that finite resource. And now to cancel and to expect a deposit back, it uh, you know it 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 hurts the business if they were to accept that. And um, well, and I want to say too, in COVID time right now, if imagine we don't actually have to imagine. We know what it's like to have your entire season booked and then to have everybody collectively facing the same issue. And if all 20 weddings come back and say, oh, we can't do our wedding this year, can we get our deposit back? Then all of a sudden 
you have an entire season asking for the deposit back. And the reason, the, the other thing that's important about why we ask clients for the deposit is because it is providing working capital for our businesses. So that's such an important part that um, maybe clients need more education on in understanding what that deposit does. Because yes, it's, it is um, solidifying that that's your date, securing, you have, the securing it, securing the resource. But then that money, those funds are used as your working capital for all the other things that you have to pay for. Specifically, when you talk about that um, season in your business, the heavy season, the high season, where you go through and earn a large chunk of your income in a in a small period of time. So outside of that heavy season, that's why you're getting your deposits and that's the working capital that brings you through the lighter seasons. Yeah. It's a it's a big aspect of seasonal work is is providing mm-hmm. cash flow uh through the entire season. So you're you know you you make hay when the sun shines in in that part of your season and then for the next year in the bookings the deposits are uh, really important for the cash flow going into the next season. Yeah. So I think it's important to look at this example that I have set up because what's happening now, and this is uh, this is just <laughs> this is a an anomaly, mm-hmm. and this is uh, potentially in our situation in Alberta. They've released the idea that groups of 15 will not be allowed to gather until what they say is the fall. I think they've said the fall. So whatever that means. Whatever that means. So um, think about all that goes into a wedding. There's a ton of planning. There's a ton of family that travels. There's a ton of people that usually come and share in that. A ton of vendors. And that's, yes. And so there's a lot on, on the people side and there's also a lot on the vendor side. So if you think about, and I mean kind of off topic here, but you, you think about the season right now in the wedding industry with with venues. Well, this is what's important is because we even know that we've had couples who are saying, oh, let's do a smaller 15-person wedding and I'll just invite 15 guests, not understanding that 15 is max. Everyone all in, taxes included, 15 is max. So that's bridegroom, photographer, mm-hmm. florist. Yeah. And um, not keeping, that the florist hangs out there. Keeping still six foot six, two meters, six feet apart. <laughs> unless, you're, American, Canadian. unless you're in our backyard. Then Who knows? People outside. Our neighborhood. Uh, so it's a, it's a, it's like, it's, it's really intriguing and I don't have an answer for this. What, what we're trying to do is just shed light on how a deposit works. You're booking a finite, you're securing a finite resource. You're providing cash flow for the businesses that are, are seasonal. And so that's very important. Mm-hmm. So the next thing to do or just to finish my conversation about all of the vendors at a wedding, uh, I mean, this is kind of daunting as you start to think about this entire season unfolding and all of the vendors that are that are pushed. So this leads us into the next topic, which could be transferable and how that works. Uh, let's talk about the fly fishing industry in our business that way is that we have amended our policy and we have allowed people that have been booked in April and May to push 
up until June 1st to push or transfer their deposit to another date into the summer, a date that's available. That's a fluid situation, and we will have to reassess that come June 1st, and maybe we will have to push them uh, or give them the, uh, the ability to move to 2021. And so that brings up this point with weddings and the finite resource that you have. So cash flow looks like this. And this is not the prices. This is just easy math here. So if you looked at, say, a 2020 wedding season and you were to book 10 weddings, you would have, let's say, 10 deposits at $1,000 would give you cash flow of $10,000. If your weddings cost $4,000 a wedding, you could expect to receive $3,000 for the remaining balance. Mm -hmm. So your your seasonal cash flow would come to $30,000, which would be an annual revenue of $40,000. If the entire season had to push because of the legislation, regulations, COVID-19 stuff, you would be at a $30,000 loss. So you would project $40,000 and you would actuate $10,000. Okay, so now this is where the part's tricky is because going into next season, 2021, people push their wedding into next season. So you lose out because your cash flow is limited on the 10 deposits for the next year. So you would lose $10,000 for cash flow. And then you would wait until the summer to um, regain the remaining balance of $30,000, which is the $3,000 per wedding. So times 10 weddings, you have $30,000. So again, next season, you would have hoped or projected to make, uh, have a revenue stream of $40,000 and you would actuate only $30,000. So over two years, your projected would be $80,000 and you would actual only $40,000. Right, because if everybody pushes from 2020 to 2021, you take all those dates out of the resource. The resource understanding, and I and I write this example, and it's probably pretty hard to like keep track as in a podcast. But understand, people say, "Oh, you didn't lose the whole season; you still had all the deposits from this season." But what you're what you have to understand is then you'd lose your deposits from next season. So a projected two-year cash flow of $80,000 is actually $40,000. So you actually lose an entire season of, of, of a business. Yeah, because you're – and it's so complicated because our couples are sitting here. What do we do, right? Like they're sitting there trying to understand they have – all their hopes and dreams and the goal of this amazing wedding and everything that they put into it. And suddenly we're, you know, and there's, there's so many things and this has nothing to do with our clients. They're, they're the best. Oh my god, They're gosh. awesome. This is, this <laughs> is so blessed with the yeah, people we're, we get to work yeah. with. Yeah. And the same with fishing. Like the people yeah. have been so incredible. We've actually only had two people cancel. Um, which is pretty, pretty phenomenal. We've figured out a way to kind of juggle our guide school virtually right now. Two people, two fishing people. We haven't had 
a single two, wedding. Two, two days. Yeah, and we have not had a single wedding cancel. Everybody's just trying to move their dates around. And keeping in mind, they're trying to connect with us to, to see what we have available. But then equally so, it's the other 11 vendors that they're also yeah, all scrambling a, to try to see. It's an enormous. Yeah, so enormous we don't, we don't have the answer, I think, to understand... Yeah. <laughs> Just so we're no, clear. it's just a topic of conversation yeah. because we're just trying to make points clear yeah. that if you're in our shoes or if you're in the customer shoes, uh, I don't like the word customer, no, but that's clients, yeah, client shoes. Then you just understand that um, part like seasonal businesses like this, and and it's not just us. There's like every we're all in the same situation that there's just like I have some. Friends, outfitters who are getting reached out to, people are demanding the entire deposit back. Uh, fortunately for us, our clients have been rock stars. The two people, the two resources, the two days that had to cancel, they their high hopes of coming back in 2021, mm -hmm. and that's incredible. And so their deposit stays, and it will be here for 2021 when they're ready. And you can take a hit on a fraction of the stuff. You just can't take the hit on all of it. I think one of the things, too, that we've been doing with our weddings is trying to navigate it case by case. And also trying to, like, what is fluid right now is us trying to come up with options that serve both sides in the sense that maybe we can do Friday weddings next year. Maybe we can do Sunday weddings next year, which I think is going to be a norm. You know, like it's going to be a lot more of the norm for people to be. Um, well, even because it's probably venues are booked out next They're, year too. Absolutely, so like we already have clients from this year who are trying to book next year, and the venue's already full. Like that's the amazing part about why wedding couples, why couples booking their weddings are booking so far out, like 18 months out, it's because the, the venues, venues are, are already booked. So for them to have to cancel this year and try to. Um, transition it to next year they're looking at the and the venue's looking at them like we don't have the space um, because it's already booked it's booked so far out so but, but that's that's an intriguing thing and it's kind of like everybody's gonna compromise I hope I yeah. want uh, first of all that our couples get the day that they wanted mm -hmm. and I know that this is robbing a lot of people of a lot of things um and some people it's costing their lives. So it's, it's not to be overlooked. The, the. What, what do you mean costing their lives? People are dying. Oh, sorry. Because I thought you were meaning. Yes. No. I just needed to understand yeah. what you're saying there. It's, it's the virus. And I, I thought you were talking about the weddings. Well. Like, um, emotionally. But I, but yeah, I just don't want to be too lighthearted about all of the situation. I see. Yeah. Um, so as we move forward, as we navigate this, the, the constant message that I want to leave you guys with is uh, please, please respect the deposit-based businesses. As seasonal as it is, it is a massive uh, cash flow that helps these businesses stay afloat. Mm -hmm. If all the fishing outfitters and all the wedding uh, photographers and all the industry that are the seasonal industry people had to return all the deposits. They're gone. They're done. <laughs> and it's, but, it's gone. Not, but it's not funny because uh, who's going to like, we're going to need wedding photographers next year and we're going to need fishing guides next year. 
And it, you know, we, I mean, if, yeah, <laughs> it's tough. It's tough. It it's tough, tough because it's finances and people are in a tough situation. Um, I haven't had to deal with the absolute um, chaotic people demanding deposits back. Everybody has been awesome. Both both of both of our businesses. Absolutely. The clients have been uh, first class. So, which, the message, is, which I want to say, if you're one of our clients and you're listening to this, thank you. Just thank you. Um, it's one of my favorite parts of our business is the incredible humans that we get to interact with and be a part of their legacy. Um, and to, I want to wrap it up by saying that it just needs, we just need to have grace. Everybody's got to have grace with how we're showing up and dealing with it and trying to navigate it from both sides. Because as much as we're looking at sustainability for our business over the trajectory of the next two years, couples are also sitting here looking at the, one of the most monumental days of their lives and just trying to come up with an alternative to that you mean being like shifted. The fish, their fishing trips. That's exactly what I meant. A fishing trip with you is one of the most monumental days of someone's so, life. Just to add to your wrap up, since we've been wrapping. Let's wrap. Are up. you going to start ginger wrapping? Ginger pain. I call him ginger pain. He likes to wrap so here, in the how, AM. How about something like this? If you're um, fortunate enough to be still working and have uh, your cash flow is great, uh, reach out to a photographer. Maybe you need their services this summer, something you haven't done before. Uh, a family shoot. Maybe you need uh, portraits for your LinkedIn profile. <laughs> maybe quarantine's getting you and you need a Bumble update. And you, you can... Um. <laughs> This is you're making fun of me. A bumble package? Bumblebee. I, so I, I, just understanding it's like we, we also need to reach out to people that uh, that we can help. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's fluid and we navigate it day by day and things continue to change. Uh, I know this episode was a little rambly and that's okay because we just – we're, we're both navigating this together in our businesses and we just wanted to kind of shed some light mm -hmm. on how important deposits are uh, for seasonal work. And there's people out there that have it 10,000 fold tougher than us right yeah. now. And so we're, we're just asking that the client aspect that there's grace extended to those those people. And if you're in a seasonal business, maybe you just want to share this. You found something uh, helpful with this. And uh, maybe it can help out your clients too. But as Janine said, it is grace. It is communication and it is grace. And we, we literally are all in this together. Yeah. And the only way we're getting out of this is together. And hopefully by doing this together, uh, we come out stronger and more fortified than when we went into this. And happy times are just around the corner. Yeah, they are. And if there's... Uh, Anything that you could add to this, then we would um, we would love to hear from you. Because as I said, this is a fluid situation. Uh, if this is something that you could benefit from, make sure that you screenshot this, share it, tag us in it, let us know what you think. And uh, I love you guys. Yeah, and I want to say we love seeing when you guys tag us, screenshot it, tag us, and let us know any takeaways that you have or um, anything that's been working for you. Because at the end of the day, we just want to, like you said, I love that you said that, just 
all getting through it together on the other side of it. So thanks again, guys, and we'll catch you on the next episode. Oh, 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 oh,